Armstrong and Getty Show. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you're well. Hope you had an enjoyable weekend. I, Joe Getty, did, absolutely. Managed to gain, I think, two and a half pounds. I wish you could make money by gaining weight. I would be to gaining weight what Elton John was to writing hit songs in the 70s. I just, it's so effortless for me. But, alas, all it does is make my pants tight. My cardiologist nervous. I've known a couple of guys in my life, just a couple personally. I've observed a couple of more who are heterosexual fellers, hoping to get with the women's. Um, and and the way they did that was to like really hammer the guys are so stupid. All guys are stupid. I wish guys were as smart as you women, because the world would be better if women were in charge. Guys, oh my god. Not only must you turn in your man card with extreme prejudice, but I don't I don't know what punishment punishment is fit for you. Um, but that sort of mewling, desperate for approval, debasing yourself thing. Oh, it just makes my skin crawl. It's um, I think there ought to be a hall of shame where young boys are shown video of these beggars, these pathetic men, men. They're not deserving of the term. And our young boys are, are, are taught not to act like that. I don't care if, a, care if a kid is a sensitive poet or a brawny football type or whatever. Don't do that. It's, it's disgusting, debasing yourself. Well, on that theme, you know, he's a nasty little elf, Bill Maher. And I disagree with him on lots and lots of stuff. But he is absolutely honest, I think, about the world as he sees it. And, man, he had a great riff on his show over the weekend. It was really long, so we've edited it. But it had to do with something Jack and I have been yelling about for the longest time. And that's the craze, the fad, because that's what it is, of white people trying to show how enlightened and woke and progressive and and uh, evolved they are by saying how much they hate themselves as white people. And here's the thing. Y'all come off exactly like those dudes I was talking about. What you're doing is obvious. It's obvious, and it's humiliating, and it's dumb. And and in my mind, you know that strategy I was talking about with the dudes, I have never run into a woman who thinks that's cool. They might laugh along, but... And I tell you what, any woman who would get with you because you debase yourself is not worth being with anyway. But so Bill Maher engaged in this riff about the the fad of white self-hatred, and I thought it was great. It starts like this. There is a (laughs) weird self-loathing going on among white liberals, and it's not helping anyone. Lifting up those whose society has cheated or forsaken, that's liberalism. Hating all things white is just tedious virtue signaling. The answer to mass incarceration is to stop putting undeserving blacks in prison, not to put more white people in Twitter jail. (laughs) Every thought needs a disclaimer now. The other day I heard a guy say, I realize I'm only speaking as a white male and I acknowledge our tragic history of oppression, uh, but you left your lights on. (laughs) Ah, that's beautiful. That's absolutely great. Uh, yeah, go ahead, play that next chunk. That What's we... with the I'm embarrassed to be white subgenre? Oh. You meet black people and say things like, Black Panther was so meaningful to me. 
No, it wasn't. It wasn't a cultural milestone for you. I have taken an informal sampling among some black folks I know, and the consensus seems to be awareness, yes, is great. White people certainly should acknowledge they've had an easier go of it. But black folks are not asking whites to always be flagellating themselves because it makes everything awkward. It puts the burden on black people to absolve you. It's really... It's, it's, it's really asking black people to, again, do something for you. Forgive me. Absolve me. Recognize that I'm one of the good white people. You know, and obviously, if you think about this stuff for even a second... Where does the whole, I'm answering for the sins of my forefathers and foremothers, where does that begin and where does it end? How far do we go back? What if you're, I don't know, maybe you've heard of him, Barack Obama, and his mom's family were slavers or or, or owned slaves, and his dad's an African guy, not an African-American, an African. Where does he stand? Who's he apologizing to or, or for or at? Would he apologize to himself? And listen, I don't feel this impulse anyway. I'm I'm a I'm a libertarian. I believe in civil rights for everybody. Um, but you know, a lot of my ancestors were starving poor Irish people who came across in the locked bottom of the boat where they'd have died if it was the Titanic. And they took humiliating work for practically no money for a long damn time until finally, you know, my my mom and dad got a college education. And the rest of it. So uh, I don't what I wasn't there. If I were to, I'm a little uncomfortable having portrayed my forefathers as so brave, self-sacrificing, and and gritty. Because that got nothing to do with me. I wasn't there. So all that stuff is just so dumb. Can I recognize history and, 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 you know, slavery in America? Of course. Do I got the same color skin as, as some of the bad guys? Yeah. But you know what else? I got the same color skin as some of the best guys. Some of the heroes of ending slavery. So, um, er, uh, which uh, which angle do I work on that? Um, not only that, but then you you get a little further into it. You know who is rounding up the black folks from Africa and put them on the ships? Other black folks. So, what if it turns out your uh, your great 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 granddaddy? was some African warlord who uh, his claim to fame was that he rounded up the most of his fellow black folks and put them on the ship so the white folks could work them to death. I mean, where, what do we do with that? Anyway, in summary, the uh, sarcastic little elf said the following. I just want to say America has done a lot of good things and a lot of bad ones, and the number one bad one with no close second is racism. It's a sorry history, and we're not done with it. And yet, black and white increasingly intermingle. We get to the finish line on race by just being with each other more. We don't need awkward. We need laughing with each other, finding out what's good about each other, befriending, intermarrying, enjoying somebody's company without thinking every minute, I'm with a person of color. (laughs) You're with a person. And you are not uncool just because you're white, and it is not a crime to know all the words to Sweet Caroline. Is it possible this fad is just a fad, this idiotic fad, in spite of, and this worries me, all the poor college kids getting indoctrinated five to seven days a week in some of this stuff, is it possible that that perfectly sensible, 
decent little screed of Bill Mars will uh, will hit home with some people, and they'll realize that if you consider someone an equal, you can understand the history of the thing and understand maybe some of the difficulties that they're going through that you don't have to go through because of racism. But you don't think that you're their big daddy and have to take responsibility for them because I don't know about you. Uh, once I grew up, I didn't want to be anybody's boy or girl. I figured I could handle it on my own pretty well. And I think, you know, most of the people of color or immigrants or whatever I've known have thought that too. They don't want your pity. They would want, they just want a little fairness. Well said, Billy Boy. Well said. The Democrats said they're going forward with impeachment quickly, but do you have the patience to see that through? Patience? Don't talk to me about patience. It takes me 40 minutes to figure out how to turn on the TV. Every single time, if I accidentally hit input, that's a whole day. Gone. Gone. Sometimes I sit on the porch and do literally nothing for six hours. I don't talk to people. I don't look at stuff. I just sit so still. People get scared and call 911. And then he says, and not for the ambulance, for the coroner. That was pretty, you know, I thought SNL was pretty funny. I, I watched all the skits later. I don't stay up that late. Um, Once they got past the opening, the uh, cold open, it was Alec way Ballmer. better. And you know what? That bit, honestly, there was some fair stuff in that and some pretty good jokes. You know, it's they hate Trump. They hate Republicans mostly, but. You know, once once you got past that, man, some of the skits were really, really funny. I I hate the um I don't hate it. The uh Mount Rushmore discussion about anything. All right, who are your four Mount Rushmore guitarists? All right. Hendrix and Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page! And then you get into I I get it. People pass the time and it's it's fun, but it is impossible to to pick a Mount Rushmore of comedy. Especially, you know, and and if, if Jack were here, he had to zoom off to deal with a, a family thing. Um, but if, like the two of us, we started as kids looking at the, like, early 20th century comedians, Laurel and Hardy and, and then uh, Abbott and Costello and the Three Stooges and, and Buster Keaton. And if, if you're like a student of comedy and you love comedy, then it's just ludicrous that you would, Narrow it to four. This is all a very, very long prelude Prelude to. If I were in charge of assembling the names, Kate McKinnon would be on the list under consideration. Oh, she's amazing. She's, well, yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing. She has talent that towers. And, um, and, and the other person from the current cast is, of course... 
He must be longest serving. Oh, uh, Keenan. Keenan Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson. That's right. I always want to call him a weigh-ins. Because he's black. Obviously. Well, there was also no, a Keenan. No, because his name yeah. was Keenan. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't get it straight in my head. And it makes me crazy, but... And, and he's wonderful. He is absolutely wonderful and so likable. But but Kate McKinnon is gifted like it's good. And she's probably crazy as a hoot owl. Most really funny people are. Um, the funnier you are, generally, the nuttier you are, for various reasons we can get into during my amateur psychology podcast. Seven hours long. Each episode is seven hours long. In which I talk to That's really uh, long for Jordan him. Peterson, Joe Rogan. <laughs> and, uh, Ain't nobody got time for that. And uh, what's his name? The the gay Canadian fellow who's so good? Ruben? Dave Ruben? Oh, Dave Ruben, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah terrific guy. Anyway, uh, she's she's just incredible. Shout out if you're listening, Kate. And I doubt you are. You are. Uh, we we hit the story briefly earlier. This is oh Michael, have you had a chance to work on the new West Coast bum explosion intro? No, no, I haven't. Yeah, I understand I've how busy you are the during the show. Yeah, can, can you, you give us the current incarnation? West Coast. Yeah, it's the West Coast bum explosion. We're working on putting in a little like surf music, so it's more clearly West Coasty, more regional, right? Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, it's the West Coast bum explosion. But anyway. Uh, we chatted with Marshall briefly earlier about this story out of uh, Sacramento, California, which is, did you know this? School kids know this. It's the state capital. Anyway, the mayor of Sacramento, whose name is Daryl Steinberg, is all angry and pissed off because um, <laughs> turns out a neighboring county is dropping off the bums and junkies from their streets into Sacramento. Now... The uh, the folks in neighboring counties, and this is always the Dodge, say, look, he told us that's where he's from. So we gave him a ride. We're just trying to be nice. Um, Steinberg says, I don't buy it. <laughs> the first instinct and first action must be to try to help the person where they find the person. But this has been going on for a long time. States and counties and cities shipping each other their bums to try to get rid of them. Um, the bum shell game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hide a bum. <laughs> um, but so they're, they're blowing the whistle on that. We'll see where that goes. It's it's notable that more and more really progressive politicians and places are saying, okay, what we've been trying doesn't work. And anybody who's dealt with addiction knows enabling doesn't help. You make it as easy as possible for people to be junkies on the street. You're going to get more junkies on the street. You're going to make it tough and inconvenient. You're going to arrest them. You're going to roust them all the time. You know what people are going to decide? They're better angels, to quote uh, Abraham Lincoln, are, are going to move to the fore, and they're going to think, I don't want to live like this. This is not what I imagined I would be as a kid. Listen, I'm a guy who has enjoyed uh, relaxing substances in my life. But what? What checked what well what checks that impulse among everybody? It's A, the negatives of, of being like that, and B, the positives of being a respectful, law abiding citizen who is uh, comes through for the people who are counting on you. That's a wonder that's the best thing, man. You make it easy for people to be junkies, sleeping in tents. You're gonna get more junkies sleeping in tents, just common sense. But there's a story out of San Francisco. Um, that's getting a hell of a lot of attention. For the third time in just over a week, quoting Scott Osler, he's a writer for the San Francisco Chironicle. 
For the third time in just over a week, public work crews hoisted large rocks back onto the sidewalk of a San Francisco alley Saturday. Do you have large rocks on your sidewalks? <laughs> they, it's a thing in San Francisco. It's the latest twist in an escalating days-long dispute weighing the morality of using rocks to impede drug dealers and homeless people from being on the sidewalk. That's right. The rest, you, you're thinking we're making this up, right? You don't live in San Francisco? You're saying, wait a minute. You got junkies shooting up and sleeping on the sidewalks and drug dealers and the rest of it, and the way you deal with it is you put giant rocks on the sidewalk? Why don't you just arrest people or tell them they can't be there? No, no, you don't understand. It's San Francisco. Now, are these clever citizens trying to figure out ways to do this, or is this like an official city plan of, of boulder <laughs> impediments? It's a group of residents. Yeah. They raised the money to buy the boulders and line them up in an attempt to dissuade open drug dealing and people camping out. Wow. The, 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 the boulders are like two, two, three feet wide. I'm sorry, two, three feet high, three, four feet wide. More on this. It's really, it's insane. It's the sort of thing that can only happen in San Francisco. One headline, Marsh, what's coming? Americans weighing in on impeachment. New poll numbers are in. And they will shock you. Time to get the news with Marshall Phillips. Marshall? Well, we got a new poll out that shows a majority of Americans approve of Congress' decision to open an impeachment inquiry against President Trump. According to the CBS News and YouGov poll released over the weekend, 55% of Americans think the newly opened investigation is necessary. Now, when asked about the Democrats' motives behind the impeachment of the president... 47% said it was to protect U.S. interests, but 53% said it was meant to damage Trump and his chances for re-election. Nearly 9 out of 10 Democrats approve of the inquiry, while 77% of Republicans disapprove. Well, yeah, there's approval of the inquiry, and then when we get toward the end of it, if indeed it continues down the rails, will people think, yeah, it's worth booting the guy out? And that's probably going to be about the moderates, whether they're swayed or not. Let's see. President Trump says he deserves to meet the whistleblower who filed that complaint about the phone call he had with Ukraine's leader. On Twitter, Trump accused the whistleblower of a totally inaccurate and fraudulent uh, representation of a perfectly normal conversation with a foreign leader. The whistleblower reporting Trump had urged Ukraine's president to investigate Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. Now, Senator Lindsey Graham, making the rounds of the news programs over the weekend, says he doesn't think much at all of the whistleblower's complaint. This seems to me like a political setup. It's all hearsay. You can't get a parking ticket conviction based on hearsay. The whistleblower didn't hear the phone call. Right. Who told the whistleblower about the phone call and everything else? He says Donald Trump is a skilled American. Every American deserves to confront their accuser. So this is a sham as far as I'm concerned. At least two high-profile activists are now in custody as Hong Kong prepares for protests in the 70th anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic of China. Police have banned any demonstrations anywhere near the area where they're going to have a big parade. The group has organized mass protests in the past, and despite the police ban, Protesters are vowing to turn out on Tuesday. So they are planning to come out once again in mass. You know, it's like the impeachment thing. My ability to imagine 
a, a, a way it becomes less ugly, I can't get there. The Chinese thing, the Hong Kong thing, right. it gets more ugly. There's just, I don't think there's any avoiding that. CVS Pharmacies pulling Zantac heartburn medicine off the shelves over fears of a potentially cancer-causing substance in heartburn medications. Hmm. The ingredient recently reported by the FDA to contain low levels of an impurity that has raised cancer concerns. Now, so far, the drug has not been recalled, and patients have not been told by the FDA to stop taking the products, but CVS customers can now go ahead and return Zantech and its generic versions to the pharmacy for a refund if they wish. So, I'm sorry, is this a substance that's supposed to be in there? And they think now it causes cancer? Or is it some sort of impurity? It is uh, an ingredient called rantidine, recently reported by the FDA to contain low levels of an impurity that causes okay. that could cause cancer. Because my uh, blood pressure medication keeps getting recalled. And they keep switching me around. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm going to say, to hell with it. I'll take my 1 in 50 million chance of getting cancer right. from some Chinese rat hair or whatever's in there. <laughs> I'm just... Chinese rat hairs infecting America's medicines. Well, right, especially because usually the doctor says, yeah, why don't you come and see me and we'll talk about it and and get you new medicine. Listen, I'm the same doofus I was last time you saw me. Just give me a similar dosage of a similar medicine. Let me get on with my life. You're raising my blood pressure here, doc. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're likely you've heard that drinking red wine is good for you, and to some extent it is. Oh, this weekend's been great then. But, Fantastic. I may live forever. But is it really healthier than beer? Researchers, <laughs> That's the question. Researchers have figured out that red uh, wine uh, contains an antioxidant, which could be a key to its health benefits. So people generally seem to think red wine's healthy and other alcoholic drinks are not. But a recent Plus survey... It makes you forget your problems. Which can be quite healthy. Right. But a recent study found that drinking moderate amounts of beer, one per day for women... Two drinks a day for men offers the same heart health benefits as drinking a moderate amount of red wine. Really? So go ahead, enjoy yourself. I wonder if that's just kind of the de-stressing effect of alcohol. Of, of certainly could be. <sighs> just yeah. exhaling a little bit at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they'll get to the bottom of it at some point, and then life will be no fun whatsoever. <laughs> because everything we take in, we'll know is it good, is it bad, is it kind of medium. I don't know. Does it have a Chinese hair in it? Right. Yeah. Chinese rat hair. Right. Metallica postponing their upcoming tour as singer James Hatfield enters rehab. The band confirming the news in a statement on their website announcing they have postponed their upcoming tour of Australia and New Zealand. Oh, how bitter for the folks down under. Sorry to hear that, James. Uh, Get well soon. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. You ever seen that Metallica documentary about uh, yeah. uh, some kind of monster, I think is the title of it. I've heard great yeah. things about yeah. it. It's, uh, you know, I watch, I spend way too much time worrying about musicians and music. It's really, I don't know, that's what amuses me. But um, I got sucked into a freaking Queen documentary last night. Really? I don't, I don't, I don't need to know. <laughs> I don't care. I don't, and there I was watching till the very, very end. It was interesting, the differences between what really happened in the Queen movie. And the movie, yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure the movie was a better version, although it's an easier to understand version of you know when Freddie Mercury uh, found out he had AIDS and and when he told the rest of the guys in the band and the rest of it. But it ended up being an absolutely beautiful and touching story about 
how people who've been through a lot together, even if some of it was really, really uncomfortable and they were angry at each other for a long time, people who've been through a lot together, when it gets to be the end or toward the end, none of the crap matters at all. Interesting. Not at all. And they realized how much they loved each other and needed each other and worked like fiends because Freddie, um, and, and here I am, you know, wasting your time with uh, rock music stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, Freddie, who could barely stand, was just demanding they, they write more and more lines and another right. verse, finish the choruses because I don't have much longer. I want to make as much music as I possibly can. So they were all totally in on that right. for him. Um, to give him that. And so it's just, it's really a beautiful story about what matters at the end. So anyway, I got sucked into it and went to bed late. And, the rest and you're saying it. it's not the petty things that you carry on and, and misunderstandings. Those aren't what matter at the end. You Though let those go. They are fun to nurse, really. <clears throat> if you're mad at somebody, that means you're better than them and you have the upper hand. Uh, no, it's no, indeed. It's uh, really quite, quite beautiful. Then you've got this uh, story out of San Francisco that we began describing to you, yeah. in which a two-block-long length of street, it's an alley, but, I mean, it might as well be a street. Two blocks long. Right. Um, in San Francisco, yeah. uh, there are so many junkies and bums and drug dealers and the rest of it, the, the neighborhood folks got together and they said, you know what we ought to do? We ought to buy us a bunch of boulders and put them on the sidewalk <laughs> so people can't do that stuff on the sidewalk. It's an odd thing to decide, but they were standing up for their own neighborhood. Right. And listen, tangent on a tangent, one of the things that bothers me so much about the modern world is that we're being asked to um, uh, sublet our responsibility for our own homes, our own safety, mm-hmm. our own neighborhoods, the sidewalk in front of our house. To the authorities. Not only are you not encouraged to take responsibility for your own life, your own neighborhood, your own home, the rest of it, you're told you shouldn't. You know, if there's somebody trying to break in your house, call the authorities. They'll be there soon, blah, blah, blah. For goodness sakes, don't take things into your own hand. Right. It's a very passive, sheep-like way to look at the world. So anyway, I salute these people for doing something. The something they decided to do was buy a bunch of boulders and put them on the sidewalk. <laughs> well, here's the problem. There is somebody or somebodies who don't like the boulders. They don't like what they represent, so they keep hauling the boulders off the sidewalk, which means the neighbors keep having to haul them back on the sidewalk. And it's you're uh, going to have a neighborhood of extremely fit people in about four weeks, if nothing else. Yeah, it's a bit of a boulder chucking war in San yeah. Francisco, and and we'll let you know what else is going on. Moments, Armstrong and Getty show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Disney announced that its theme parks will start selling vegan food options. Finally, something at Disney where there won't be a line. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome to it. So there's this uh, couple block length of street in San Francisco. And you know what? I think it's probably worth describing a couple of things to you. Uh, let's see, where does it start? So, uh, 
Some of the residents, this is they're they're piling big boulders on the sidewalk so people won't sell drugs there and pass out there and shoot up and fight and sell drugs. Did I say sell drugs? Um, people sleeping on the sidewalk is not the real concern for residents, said one woman who didn't want her name printed because people are so freaking lunatic out there. They'll uh, physically attack you for having the wrong politics. It's the giant tents that made the sidewalk impassable, she said. Those high 8 to 10 foot wide tents appeared to be mostly, if not exclusively, there for drug dealing. The rocks don't even prevent normal small tent campers from setting up, but they're effective at blocking big, giant drug dealing tents. She also said pet owners have to put shoes on their dog's feet to protect them from the hypodermic needles littering the sidewalk, which are full of hepatitis and AIDS and God knows what else. So, and listen to this. One more uh, exhibit, Your Honor. Uh, Let's see. They've had several fires break out there right next to their homes in the encampments. There have been several drug overdoses that required ambulances. And San Francisco's 311 Center, they have a separate number for bums and junkies and poo and the rest of it in San Francisco. That utopian progressive uh, wonderland. They've received 224 calls concerning homeless camps, sidewalk cleanup, and other requests on a single block that we're talking about here. 224 calls this year to deal with filth and needles and drug dealing and the rest of it. So... When these people say, listen, why don't we pile some big rocks on the sidewalk? They don't pile them. They're just they're put every so often. So the big giant drug dealing tents can't be on there. You get this. San Francisco artist Danielle Baskin adver- advertised the rocks for free on Craigslist, saying she was appalled at the hostile, ask, the hostile act to ward off homeless people. This is a hostile act. To ward off the unfortunate. And then one of the neighbors, some unicorn riding dip, said, uh, oh, where is he? Uh, The rocks are not a solution to the homeless crisis. Hey, buddy, how about the people in the neighborhood just make their neighborhood better and less scary and dangerous and dripping with disease and fires. How about you not use as a standard that those poor people have to solve the Bay Area homeless crisis? They're just trying to make their neighborhood livable. That's not a counter-argument. This does nothing to solve the crisis. Yeah, but they've got the drug dealers off their street. I don't know if you know much about drug dealers, but they do other crimes as well and engage in violence as well. So, again, the unicorn riders who, who who think it's immoral to stand up for yourself and improve your own life. It's just absolutely ridiculous. This other neighbor who, who does have a grasp of reality says, listen, people are constantly dealing meth. You got drug dealers who are armed. The drug dealing has definitely gotten worse in the last couple of years, and we're desperate. That's a hostile act to ward off homeless people. It's just, it's a joke. A man who did not want to be identified told the San Francisco Chironicle that he filed a complaint with a public works official because those rocks don't apply, comply with the Americans with Disabilities Act. You're blocking disabled people from crossing the street. 
Well, the city said, no, no, they're compliant. You can get across the street, fine. Um, another guy who lives about a block away from this uh, alley or street where all the drug dealers are congregating and ruining people's lives said, the rocks used to block the sidewalk is a mean and ineffective thing to do. It's mean and ineffective. I tell you what, I wish there were some genetic test. You could figure out whether people had the ability to process reality or not. And I'm a guy who's fine with like vastly increasing mental health care, um, you know, to the extent it works and you can force people into it. I'm fine with having programs to help people get off drugs if they want to and they need a helping hand. But you got to recognize that the batting average for actual people actually getting off drugs is extremely low. And that's for people who want to do it. That's Yeah, people who want desperately to get clean and go to rehab. It's like one in ten and maybe not even that who actually get clean. So you got a bunch of guys who want to be junkies. You drag them off the street and tell them you got to go to rehab. It might be one in a hundred who get clean. So don't. Don't tell me that you need lots and lots of our taxpayers' money, all the folks listening, to throw at that to, you know, to remove your guilt, to assuage your conscience. You're going to steal other people's money so your conscience, so you can sleep at night. Um, no, I'm not going to accept that. That doesn't make me a bad person and hard and mean, by the way, unicorn riders. That's just unbelievable. These people's own neighbors. Rejecting their ability to to just stand up for themselves, but but again, it's it's reaching a crisis. I think at this point, where folks are going to have to wake up and and recognize what reality is. The unicornian point of view is getting less and less air. So, oh, speaking of addiction, um, I just cracked this open. I want to make sure I understand correctly. But there's a sort of hoodie called vaporware that the youngsters are using because they can hide their vape stuff in there so they can keep a vaping and fool their parents and teachers so take a look at the tag at that groovy yeah yeah johnny gave it to me he's not wearing it anymore your kid take a look at the tag if it says vaporware on there or vape vapor yeah it's vaporware uh that's what they're doing folks your child is a nicotine junkie Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the show. There he is, our esteemed newsman, Marshall Phillips. Well, I got to tell you, I just had a near-death experience. Drank some water, went down the wrong pipe. I actually had to leave the studio here for a while. So be careful. Water can kill you. It's it's the the best proof ever that you can do something for decades and still screw it up. Yes. Yeah, it's humbling. Michelangelo, pressing the buttons. What's your final thought? Uh, my final thought is thanks, everybody, for sending me suggestions for wedding venues. I'm going through all of them, and I've already eliminated Waffle House, just so you know. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't get stuck in that elevator today. I could be there still. So Whew. Right. A nightmare. Yeah. Positive Sean, final thought? A Waffle House reception would have to take place like at 2 in the morning, right? Oh, yeah. It would just have to. Yeah. Uh, so, so I updated my new phone, so now I have the power of Bitmoji. I'm working on creating... Do you, how do you think that looks? Do you think that looks like me? Is that pretty good? Your screen just went dark. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know. I hate when <laughs> I that. Oh, that's really, really good. Okay. Here, cool. let's see. That's among the best oh, I've yeah. seen. Oh, yeah. All right. Excellent. Very nice. Excellent. I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with that. I got Bitmoji power now. Look out, Internet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, my final thought is, uh, gosh, what do I go with? Uh, thanks for all your well wishes uh, for Jack and his family that a lot of you passed on via email and, and text and the rest of it. Um, and uh, those of you who just uh, spew hatred by the email and text, I, I pity you. I pity you. See, that's a little judo there. You thought I was going to say something mean about them? No, I'm sad that you're so unhappy. And I hope that you find the joy that you need so desperately in your life. That was a little condescending, too. I feel, I feel really good yeah, about that. Yeah, it really that. was. I feel yeah. like it was solid. Uh, Armstrong and Getty <laughs> wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? It takes me 40 minutes to figure out how to turn on the TV. If I accidentally hit input, that's a whole day. Armstrong and Getty.